I need a bow and arrow. Welcome back, Swamp Kittens, to the latest edition of I Want My MCU TV, the podcast where we watch the latest Marvel shows on the Disney Plus Network and react in our own inimitable styles. With you, as always, are Kelly Gamont. Not a bro. Don Melton. Ho, ho, ho. Bro. And me, Lisa Schmeiser. Um, I would lose my mind if I ever ran into Huey Lewis. I have to admit, I probably would too. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. All right, reference to episode four of Hawkeye. This podcast covers episodes three and four of Hawkeye. It's the holiday season on the show. It's the holiday season when we're recording this. And Swamp Kittens, I don't mind telling you, all three of us are kind of channeling Hawkeye's tired dad energy. <laughs> so this oh, podcast. So much. <laughs> yeah. So much. So what I'm going to recommend is that all of us find a recliner in the eclectically decorated apartment of our choice. We tape on all of the frozen margarita mix we have on our free- in our freezers <laughs> and we just lay back and let the soothing tones of Don and Kelly and I walk you through episodes three and four. Those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before, we're not normally this tired, scattered and or, con- and or concussed, <laughs> but <laughs> holiday season, um, I, I personally feel like we're going above and beyond to to channel the exact vibe that the Hawkeye episodes give off. Like, it's sort so, of an unintentional channeling, yeah. but uh, it's it we're we're all definitely feeling it. I think every one of us had that moment when he started taping Bahama Mamas to his tattoos that we were like, <laughs> you know, yeah. not the worst idea. <laughs> yeah yeah so one for each um, arm one for the mouth and happiness (laughs) so so is this the part of the podcast where i can talk about how much i want a thanos was right mug now (laughs) how okay uh while we do uh well go ahead and ask us if we want to do the recap lisa and then while you do the recap i'm gonna go see if the disney store has one in stock So if if Marvel does not have those in stock, uh, Etsy does. Somebody should be shot. Yeah. Somebody For a company be. that's as good at intellectual property as they tend to be, I would be very surprised if I do not come across it. They were pretty slow. So um digression. But all right, what are we? Three minutes into the podcast? <laughs> yes, three minutes and thirty-eight seconds into the podcast. That is a digressed a, <laughs> land speed record. That is a land speed um, record for the longest it took us to derail. <laughs> Anyway, what I was going to say is Disney is remarkably slow on the upkeep sometimes because when Frozen came out, they were apparently not expecting it to hit as big as it did. Mm -hmm. And there was a shortage of Frozen merch for months and months and months. Um, I was on this because you have a daughter. Well, I have a daughter who was three when it came out and you would we would pick her up and drop her off from preschool and we'd walk through like the play plaza where you have these little clutches of kids all screaming, let it go, let it go. (laughs) Like even the boys, everyone was into it because for once they had a Disney princess slash queen who could turn people to ice with her bare fingers. And that like hits the sweet spot for every kid on the planet. Um, But yeah, anyway, they took a while. Which, which when you think of that, we could spend a whole show on this, on this discretion. Yeah. Digression. That's just scary as hell <laughs> no look there 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 are not like there there are death metal bands that wish they were as hardcore as preschoolers to be honest with you yes like this is 100 percent the case yes the most metal yeah. people on this planet all need all need help wiping their bottoms and they're all about to lose their baby teeth um but <laughs> disney also did the same thing with the alligator loki where again i feel like they really s- slept on that opportunity <laughs> and uh they they should have had those things locked and loaded and ready to go like tom hiddleston would have cheerfully done like a 15 second like hi everyone this is tom hiddleston i'm so excited (laughs) about playing loki here's my friend alligator loki like you know he would have done it they should have had it locked loaded and ready to go before episode six um (laughs) so yeah anyway the thanos was right mugs um need to be a thing i loved it i want one immediately um and to try, try valiantly to 
like like Clint tries valiantly to to move Kate away from a path of impulsive idiocy and more towards competency. Let me try to move our podcast away from um, impulse digression and more towards our structure, which is that first we recap the episodes that we watched and give you the general um, 411 on what we thought happened on screen. And then we react to the episodes. Um, I feel like you all have gotten a spoiler on how we're going to react today, which is to say <laughs> we're in a recliner waiting for our Bahama mamas. <laughs> And then um, we also normally do a segment called Really? 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 Where, Ke- where Kelly and I pelt Don with questions about Marvel. Um, we have established, however, that this might be a case where Don pelts us with questions. Or perhaps we skip it because, again, this week, all of us are willing to do nothing more than lay back in, in the proverbial podcast recliner with um, frozen margarita packages strapped to our associate appendages and, and, and just wait for the hurt to pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fro- frozen TM margarita packages. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, um, to digress on the digression. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is with that, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of lore in here. Yeah. that has to do with the comics there's mostly little flashbacks that have to do with the MCU itself. So there's no real comics lore in here, yeah. even from the recent Hawkeyes, which I did some research on. We're kind of like treading water as far as the lore mm-hmm. thing uh, goes. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Well, did we get to the there's recap the really covered no. for us? Yeah, <laughs> you know why we haven't gotten to the recap yet is yeah. um, we haven't really gone through our our usual ritual, which is where I say, "Would anybody like to do the recap?" And you all say, "No, hell no." <laughs> <laughs> and I say, "Okay, fine, I'll do the recap." So um, to give you a thumbnail for episode number three, we meet Echo. Um, only she's called Maya right now uh she hasn't gotten a super cool code name maya is a young lady being raised by um an incredibly cool single dad who takes an approach to his uh special needs child where uh it's on her to figure out how to adjust to the rest of the world and he, you know, like he puts his little deaf girl in a class where she has to rely on lip reading and observation and context cues to thrive um he sticks her in martial arts where she handily kicks the butts one-legged of people much bigger and older than she is um she grows up loving in a loving protective nurture cocoon filled with thugs and um thugs in track thugs suits part. if you look closely well this thugs part is important because after the blip happens it doesn't mysteriously does not affect the tracksuit mafia or the people in it that much um ronan takes this personally comes and kills Maya's dad in front of Maya, um, you know, along with another like two dozen tracks of mafia things. So Maya is forsworn to destroy the Ronin. Since Clint and Kate have been making lots of noise about the Ronin suit, uh, the tracksuit mafia, which she runs, or rather which she like is like the vice president of, if I understand correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the tracksuit mafia and Maya have kidnapped, not kidnapped, abducted, forcibly held a business meeting with uh clint and kate um because they want to find out more about about ronan clint is like ronan is dead the black widow killed him which metaphorically speaking is not a lie and she's like it's super convenient that both of the people in your story are dead and i'm not a big fan of convenience um there's then a very inconvenient fight which establishes that verily maya's a super good fighter and verily clint is actually a super good fighter despite the fact that he looks like all he really wants to do is like be online talking about fantasy football with other dads age <laughs> so there's a great fight sequence he and kate run outside they've escaped the tracksuit mafia they have a great car chase sequence so it is a good. terrific car chase sequence and we'll get to that i would say the problem with episode three and this is a gold-plated problem to have is when you have such great action in the beginning of it mm-hmm everything after that you're kind of like okay fine but um, (laughs) there's a great car chase sequence that ends on one of new york's many bridges i don't care which one you can tweet it at me and i'll say okay sure i believe you um kate fires a lot of arrows they drive through a used car lot which may or may not be run by the kingpin by the way the kingpin may or may not be maya's uncle um sorry santa oh my god actually i really hope that vincent d'onofrio comes on this show because this is exactly what the show needs it's magnificently it would be so magnificent oh i have that for later 
And, you know, oh yeah. Any hoodle, um, Kate and Clint managed to escape with some dramatic daring do and arrows and whatnot. Um, they then decide this is the time to go check out the tracksuit mafia by uh, breaking into Kate's mom's apartment and then breaking into her work system, conveniently forgetting that A, Kate's mom runs a security company and can lock them out at any moment, and B, Kate's mom is engaged to a fabulously charismatic swordsman who, like, has a sword at Clint's neck. We then segue into uh episode four which picks up directly where episode three lets off with what would be a hilariously awkward meet the parents pre-date thing if it weren't for the fact that kate is a larva clint is an angry old tired man they're not dating in the slightest clint is doing everything he can to like distance himself from this kid who has hero worship of him um however it leads to one of the funniest sequences i have ever seen where they're sitting across the table from each other sipping their tea and kate is cheerfully trying to spin a cover story and clint is unrepentantly shooting down every single one of her lies vera farmiga <laughs> delivers the best eyebrow and skepticism i've seen on this show oh, and it. her fiance just cheerfully says things like thank you for saving the world <laughs> and, <laughs> and um gets into kate's hero worship of clint with well i don't know if i ever saw huey lewis i'd be beside myself <laughs> just, just... anyway i love the swordsman you can't tell me he, like i i refuse to believe he's all bad because anyone who brings this much joy into the world simply by existing can't be all bad anyway uh kate's mom walks clint to the door with a warning about how i don't care how good you are as an avenger your bestie was also a very good avenger and she's now a dead avenger don't dead my kid and clint's all noted um this show then decides to throw us another complication by having Clint call home to the wife and be like, have you checked this out? We find out that the man who brings me so much joy with the mustache and the uh, mixed up aphorisms is also <laughs> the head of a shell company that deals with the tracksuit mafia. So there's criminal ties there now, which makes things super awkward and uncomfortable in what is already an awkward and uncomfortable situation for Kate and her mom and their fabulous rebuilt penthouse. And we also find out that Laura speaks fluent German, which she switches into anytime she and Clint discuss something they don't want the kids to learn. And she's super concerned about that Rolex that was pulled out of the Avengers compound. Clint shade at, offers some more backshade on the on the Rolex. All well, it belonged to somebody who's been out of the game for a while, but it's still tied to them. And comment if they make Laura Barton a spy, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. We'll get to that in reactions. <laughs> anyway, that trail's being laid. Um, Clint decides, of course, because because Laura's like, the watch, the watch, like, only not like that. Clint decides they have to get the watch back. They have to take, but to do that, they need arrows. To get the arrows, they have to detour back with the LARPers. Kate hits it off with the LARPers, naturally. Clint is not impressed by this, naturally. Clint is very tired through most of this episode, <laughs> even when, like, given the, the opportunity to have warm snicker duels, he's all okay and just kind of keeps going and honestly that's the kind of energy we can all bring into the back half of the christmas season um the detour also includes clint showing up to talk to kaz kazi 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 who's maya second command and warning the tracksuit mafia off of this whole ronin watch crime thing um a warning that we'll probably not take because no one on the show ever listens to anyone else on the show um unless you're a clinton laura barton and, <laughs> and anyway having delivered a warning we see how well that goes when it turns out that clint has helped kate break into maya's apartment uh kate and maya have a fight it's very good it involves zip lines at some point clint would help more except he's currently having his 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 butt kicked by a black widow oh, handing it below. to him I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, she's so good. And <laughs> Yelena, like, rips off. Like, at one point, Yelena does, like, the Black Widow pose, which is hilariously <laughs> ironic because she made fun of Black Widow for it. And, and then she whips off the mask and gratifies everybody who stuck around for the stinger of the Black Widow movie. It's like, ah, she's been sent to kill him. But bafflingly, she doesn't kill Clint this time out. Instead, she just gives everybody meaningful looks and then dives away with a fantastic exit. So where we are at the end of episode four, which is basically... I think we're wrapping up Act Two at this point. Is yeah, that's um, the wrap on Act Two? I, yeah, I would imagine because it's Cause the, Clint's like Kate, it's the stay, Black Widow reveal, right? Yeah, because Clint's like Kate, stay away from me. Things are super dangerous. You're in over your head. You now have a tracksuit mafia after us. We have Black Widows after us. Um, my wife is Maya is now investigating my family, which is certainly not cool. Um, your your fiance's mom is super shady. Uh, I'm bad news. <laughs> 
goodbye. And um, that's where it all ends. So now we have a number of dangling threads, which have to be knit into a festive Christmas sweater for the last two episodes up to and including is Kate's mom a criminal? Does Kate's mom know what her fiance is up to? How will Kate's mom react if it turns out she did not know what her fiance was up to? Will it turn out she's actually more evil than he is? Will the swordsman be a good guy or a bad guy? Is he like super charming? Will his hair ever get any less fabulous? What's the deal <laughs> with Maya? Is she going to be like full on criminal mastermind? Or is she like going to come around and realize that maybe she shouldn't run a bunch of tracksuits into the ground on a futile error for revenge? Will we find out that Clinton Barton was the Ronin? Will he have to go into hiding as like all of the rest of the criminal underworlds of, of the world unite to try to take him down? Um, will Laura Barton show up in a widow costume? Will Kate be Become like the real Hawkeye. Will she join the Avengers? Will she team up with with Yelena? What's Yelena <laughs> going to do here? Oh, so many questions. And we have like what eighty minutes of. T- and will we see a cameo by Valentina Allegra de Fontaine? Oh my god! Actually, you know what I want to see? Will we see a cameo by Captain America? This is my question. Uh, yeah, I also want to know if we're going to see Kate's dad because for some reason uh. I feel like. That story's not done. I don't know why, but I do. Well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What, another flashback? No, like, he's not dead. Like, he faked his death, and he's... Who knows? So let's move on oh, to the re- let's move on to the reactions because then we can find the home for Kelly's crackpot theories here. Yes, my home. Mm-hmm. Point of parliamentary procedure on the fabulous hair. Uh-huh. I am pretty sure Tony Dalton was born that way. And as a baby, if we go through the <laughs> photographic evidence... He will have fabulous hair. I mean, from the get go, right? He's so dang charming. I am enjoying him so much. He, I th- he's oh, yeah. dashing. Like you haven't yes, been able to apply yes. that to a person in a while. And he's dashing for sure. Well, so you know how we always talk about how the MCU has a villain problem and like they've addressed it a, with a little bit more conviction in the TV series. I think you can say that the TV series have actually succeeded in coming up with good villains in part because we get a little more time to meet them um, and invest in them because we've got Agatha Harkness and John Walker and um, yeah, please don't turn Jack Duquesne into a cartoon villain at the end of this. Mm -hmm. No, I right now we want to see more of him. Like Baron Zemo, I would argue is, is like the, the, the goal to which they should all aspire. Right. Where, Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh So (laughs) especially having all their villains dance. Well, I just think if (laughs) it would be interesting if like all of their villains are just like incredible, have this incredible joie de vivre and superlative project management skills and, and, and super dating skills. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they're super villains. I mean, exactly. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta expect yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I just love Jack Duquesne. I love him. I, every scene he's in brings me joy. And I have to say, I am enjoying, I enjoy the Maya Kaz stuff. Like, the scene between Clint and Kaz where he's like, can I have my gun back? And Clint's all, no! <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've, I've got a... And um, through it, that was, that was good too. Yeah. I gotta t- uh, t- tell you, I had seen the actor somewhere before and mm-hmm. i haven't been able uh to uh to place him for mm-hmm. a while but apparently he was in uh les miserables oh, and see. so okay. yeah and so he is uh uh from northern ireland and he's doing a fabulous job as everybody else from the uk <laughs> mm-hmm does with doing american accents mm-hmm. yeah. uh and americans suck uh, with a few exceptions doing uh accents in the uk mm-hmm. but uh i i i thought you know i'd seen the the guy before but he's really really good yeah, yeah. so uh, while we're talking about the actors on the show um lisa don and i are going to need to take a moment and mm-hmm. flashback to greetings from the uncanny valley and talk about how we got a little tiny dose of a catchita right at the beginning uh one of the oh yeah one of the people from westworld who was an actor that. on westworld mm-hmm. is uh the guy that plays maya's dad so oh i love him he's so he good was also he was in res dogs which is where i've seen him. yeah that's him. And he's in he's in the episode. I love the starting of the episode mm-hmm. and his his touchy feely, although a little weird. And then I suddenly got the vibe that, yeah, they're gonna kill him. 
Well, yeah, because and he's a like, good dad, and you can't like, have a Marvel series. I knew, yeah. Damn it, and you cast this great actor, and five minutes in, you're going to kill him. Yeah, right? it was yeah. A big, so. because it's not a Marvel property. If someone doesn't, have a, <laughs> if you don't, have, if you have a good relationship with your dad, you're not in the MCU. The end. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. The, it, it's going to be a short relationship with your dad if it's a good relationship. <laughs> yes. Like th- them's the rules. Um, <laughs> and by the way, I'm trying to see who um, who played little girl. Oh, Dar- all right, Darnell Bissaw played little Maya. And oh my God, she was precious. She was oh, she very was, adorable. Yeah, yeah. She was very good. Just really expressive. It was really great. Mm-hmm. I watched that scene a bunch of times because I wanted mm-hmm. to get a good look at the 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 size of the person in the suit behind yeah. her dad. And so mm-hmm. when he stood up, like he didn't come anywhere near close to like being proportionally kind of the same sort of standard issued adult size as the person in the suit so um i think that was part of the clue that maybe that's kingpin i really hope it's vincent d'onofrio really when we come back and we will talk about that when we get to my house um yeah but you're you're home for wayward because i I really like i really like the idea of uh sort of mixing it up a little bit in the mcu with um like let let's bring in the kingpin and talk about you know his deal and and all that kind of stuff and and part of why i like that is for what it Mm -hmm. would possibly um what it would possibly signify going forward so we'll talk about that in the house i was thinking about this because the show um like i again i'm vibing on the tired dad energy because Mm -hmm. who's not feeling it at the end of december right and i what i love about it is how um like what Clint wants, because the show, all of these MCU shows are about what does somebody want? Wanda wants a world that she can't have because Vision is dead. Yeah. Loki wants to not be wiped out and to be allowed to, you know, be less lonely inside his head. And Sam wants to figure out if he can be Captain America. And then Sam also wants to figure out if he can make the world a better place. Bucky wants to be redeemed, uh, you know, and the what ifs. It's basically paper dolls on a screen. But like here, all Clint wants is to not have anybody he sees as more vulnerable than he is get hurt. And like, there's this line, there are a couple lines in episode four that really stuck with me. And one of them is like, well, the line of work I'm in, it's all loss management. And like, that really comes through where Clint is like, I just want to reduce losses as much as possible. I just want to minimize risk. And I think it's, it's the whole thing is about, I just want to make sure nobody that I care about gets affected by the fact that I spent five years as a homicidal maniac across multiple continents. (laughs) Um, You know, because that that's it, that the whole Ronan thing is his attempt at damage control. Um, So, so I like that. I really liked the interaction between the two of them. And I felt like even just that moment from when he says, like, I'm, I can't tell you that or whatever it is. He says, like, I'm not going to tell you what it was um, yeah. from that up to kind of the end of that scene when we cut to something else. Like he got more character development in that conversation than than, you know, any number of the actual films that he was in. Yes. Yes. I was going to point that out as well. It was a, it was a lot more depth. It's different because it's it's not like a, her- a hero origin story like Iron Man where he's like having this huge moral, oh, I'm having a moral awakening. Yeah. And it's not Captain America where it's like, oh, now I have big juicy muscles to match my sheer will and righteousness. <laughs> and it's not Thor with, ooh, now I'm assuming responsibility or Thor. But yeah, it's um, at one point he says, I'm a, a weapon, weapon. Yeah. that was aimed by very good people. And uh, the title of the first trade paperback for the hawkeye 2012 run with matt fraction was called my life my life is a weapon yep. and so i really like that but the the fact that clint just sees himself where he's like my job is to do damage and hurt and maim and kill people the way he justified it to himself was better people than me told me where to go and what to do and i think one of the things we're getting out of here is when clint is left to his own devices he's not proud of what he does mm-hmm <laughs> And and he hates the consequences. Well, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to make those de- uh, decisions. He would rather be the weapon uh, rather than the person firing the weapon. Yeah, right. But he he he's self aware 
I like that a lot. Like he was very clear about like, this is my deal. And, you know, whether I like it or not, this is my deal. And that was kind of the thing. Like we don't get a lot from anyone in any of these as far as like aftermath of some of this stuff. So that's part of what I thought was kind of interesting about that was him sort of having to come to terms with it and kind of it kind of feels like all of them need to have that conversation with themselves at some point. So it was nice to see it kind of happen in person. Yeah. Well, I think we got something like that coming to terms with the decisions you've made and the possible evil that you've done Mm -hmm. in the first MCU TV series, WandaVision. That was a theme there. And uh, so I think this is, is really good. We we're going to see how, how deep the, the torment and the horror goes. I mean, we're all assuming this is going to be a feel good Christmas dad movie, but you know, Marvel could go sideways here. Yeah. Uh, There could, uh, there, uh, there could be more dead bodies. I, I, my interest is heightened here. And by the way, mm-hmm. uh, again, my apologies for the first two episodes about being so negative to it. If you listen to the previous podcast and wanted to punch me in my face, <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. I don't think the next two episodes are night and day, certainly better, but they are very promising. And I, I certainly enjoyed them more. I, I've got to tell you, uh, like a teenage boy or something, I was just totally into that action uh, sequence in episode two. It was possibly some of the best action, you know, car chase action I've ever seen in a TV series ever. That's how good it was. So fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it, and it was very creative too yes. uh, in terms of uh, the camera work, uh, everything else. I also think they stepped up their game mm-hmm. with the humor in these episodes. And my new favorite uh, line, when anybody writes down anything uh, with a non-computer is, mm-hmm. are you sure that's a dry erase marker? Because <laughs> I don't know why, but I just laughed my ass off at that. Because he's just... detail-oriented in a in a practical way like that was his takeaway which i appreciated well yeah and she is not and kate is not kate kate wings everything kate's mom has her number like in the first episode when she's like people who are young and people who are wealthy think they're immortal and you've never been anything but but either of those yeah and um it would be nice. I, I don't think I have a quibble because honestly, I feel like this is the perfect December series because there's the there's the deadline of the holidays and there's more of that. Oh God, what now? And there's the tired dead energy. And it basically ref, it, it, like it, it vibes with my experience of the holidays as an adult. Um, oh God, you know, I hadn't thought of that, but it maps almost exactly to just the three of us yeah. are our sad and frantic lives right now. It? <laughs> it does. And, I and I'm sure that. many of our wonderful uh, swamp kittens out there are going, yeah. I, I need something stronger to drink. Yeah. Right now. Uh, so yeah, Pennsylvania uh, yeah, Dutch com- country eggnog. Here you go. Um, but what I would like go. to see more of is I really would like to see more of Kate reckoning with the reality that it's not enough to be young and rich and mm-hmm. um, gifted. Like, and, and, and this is not to diminish the fact that she's great at martial arts and gymnastics and archery because, you know, Hawkeye gives her in, in episode three, Clint's like, yeah, you are one of the greatest archers in the world. You weren't kidding. Yeah. Um, but the thing that we keep seeing over and over again with Clint, which, and as you guys have said, we, we didn't see this much in the movies and this makes me like him more. And it also makes me wish that, um, in previous movies it had been deployed more is this is a dude who keeps his eyes on the small details and the big pictures from going to cvs to pick up like first aid stuff to nailing down logistics to being like you sure that's a dry erase marker um yeah (laughs) um he and he's and and i like that he's being patient with with kate i he's got a real like 
father daughter mentor it's a very dad vibe type. like the whole it's way. A very dad vibe relationship and i like it a whole lot i wish we could see kate develop a little bit more um at the end of episode four he's like it's really unfair that your inability to be an adult is working out for you <laughs> and um on the one hand you're like oh it's flippant and cute on the other hand he's pointing out that that it's working for her now but let's hope it also puts the the idea in her head that it's not always going to work out for her i felt a little <laughs> like that might be telegraphing a punch honestly yeah. um because she's never really gotten to a point where she's been in in over her head in an existential consequence kind of way like he has yeah where mm-hmm. you know um the fate like the life of someone hangs in the balance like it's one yeah. thing when it's a clock tower it's another when it's a person so that was the part i sort of like when I when he said that, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's coming now that we've, you know, now that we've said that. Um, the thing I loved about the car chase, especially, um, which is not something, Don, that you would know, is that um, in the in the Matt Fraction Hawkeye uh, issue three, I think it is, has the car chase, a car chase in the comic in it. And they end on a bridge and there's a whole trick arrow situation and it's super great and it's and and uh that series features that beautiful red car and so when they walk by it on the way out of the warehouse and he says he's not smashing the challenger or whatever he said or the charger um when he says he won't smash the window in on it and we're gonna go take the junkie car instead (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. that car is featured in that car chase of the book and so just watching that come to life that was another one of those moments of like it's the comic but it's in real life and i get to watch it happen and it's super great so it was so 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 delightful especially after like having read one in the comic where it was the same thing it was tracksuits versus hawkeyes and they face down on a bridge it was you know those notes were similar all the rest like all the context and everything wasn't the same but oh you know what i completely left out of my recap (laughs) And this is actually one of my favorite parts is them strapped to the writing toys. No, that was pretty funny though. But uh, Clint, Clint has hearing damage and his, his, his um, hearing aid smashed. gets smashed by Maya. Who's like, you need to not rely on. And what I love is that Maya basically gives him the same message that her dad gave her where she's like, you can't rely on stuff like this. And, and, and Clint like signs more cookie please. And I'm like, Oh my God, I remember signing that with my daughter. Um, <laughs> Their dynamic but- is fascinating to me and i really want them to face off again for that reason like conversationally for that reason but um what 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 i loved is that the car chase he's deaf during it like that's the thing Mm -hmm. is there's no commute like they they have to find another way to communicate and that makes it even more awesome because any any fool can drive a car backwards through new york city i'm sure there are five people doing it right now but you're driving backwards while deaf while your partner's shooting trick arrows and for all that we joke about Clint being the most limited Avenger because he's human and uses a paleolithic tool, blah, blah, blah. Like the man had some skills and it's nice to see him getting showcased. Right. Yeah. Uh, The other thing to keep in mind about the deafness is he is obviously completely deaf Mm -hmm. in his right ear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And he only has partial hearing that has to be uh, amplified uh, in his left ear. Mm -hmm. That is a serious, uh, serious thing to overcome. Uh, uh, having that kind of imba- imbalance, especially when you're supposed to be one of the world's best assassins, right? Uh, so uh, that's really interesting. You you never think of Hawkeye or Clint Barton as someone who's handicapped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not physically, although he is not a tall man. No, uh, it's obvious from the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny watching how they have to stage him because I'm pretty sure Hallie Steinfeld is much taller than he Probably. is. Probably they're doing a really good job of 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 not showing it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another great thing about this episode: all the tremendously bad sweaters in it. Yes. yes. <laughs> also, the new LARPers that were introduced oh. here are just completely cringe, as cringeworthy as the others, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in a good way, uh, you know, in a, in a good way. And so uh, I'm curious if they've touched on them twice. Yeah. 
I think that was in episode two and now in yeah. episode four. Oh, they're going to come to the rescue in episode six. You know it. I feel like, yeah, the, yeah we're not done. With I them. think the LARPers are the cavalry. It's going to be LARPers versus tracksuits in episode six. I'm calling it now. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I, 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 I can get by, I can get behind ship that one. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Um, Ke- Kelly, does that fit your, uh, for, uh, for your school? Uh, yeah, uh, that's one for the house. Are we Are we headed to the house now? Let's go to the house. I, <laughs> I, I have house. A, I have a few theories. I want to I want to pull into this as well. Yes, please. So oh yes, I'm delighted to hear this. You know, by the way, the we do not just just so the the swamp kittens and other listeners know, we do not discuss this before we do the episode. Mm-hmm. What our theories are, we just pull them out of our delightfully large hindies, <laughs> and just we all hear it at the same time. Just wanted you to know. We're, yeah, we no we actually in like we will chat about some things, but then some of it we do save for the show and say explicitly like, "Don't tell me the answer to this, but I'm gonna ask you, and I want to yeah. hear it on the show." So you get to react the same as we do when one of us says some sort of goofy thing. So, for the record, um, so what? Hello and welcome to the House of Crackpot Theories. Pull up a chair. <laughs> I like somebody playing an organ in the background cheerily. Here's your eggnog. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I promise. Uh, and I like the eggnog. I promise it's weapons grade eggnog. If you stand near it for too long, you can't drive home. So have a seat and let's go. Uh, by the way, at discretion, I, I have been drinking with this woman and I can guarantee you that's weapons grade eggnog. <laughs> guarantee that. I admit nothing. Um, so... <laughs> I was trying to think about what the implications are of bringing in Kingpin. Um, And basically it was a lot of thinking about um, this, uh, this partly paves the way for Spider-Man after into the um, Mm Spider-Verse. But also um, if that is in fact Kingpin, that's uh, our first glimpse of a Netflix series character that has become official and so if you're bringing us one character from from daredevil why don't you bring us daredevil so they are they are they're going to well i was thinking about maybe not in the series but they're going to because they confirmed his casting yesterday yes we know it's legit but until yesterday that was the thing that was in my mind and so i was thinking about what's it like how does this work? What's this going to like, what does this mean? How are they going to make this a thing? What does that mean for Kingpin, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm spinning on all this and, and you know how that goes if you listen to Don and I's other podcast, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, then I saw someone on Twitter who said, uh, I, I sent this text to my friend and I'm, I'm, I'm putting it on Twitter, like to mark my place. Here's the scene. Uh, Kate and Clint, like one or both of them, is in a police station in an interrogation room sitting there. Oh yeah. I saw this. It's a close. Twitter, yeah. it's, it's just a, just a shot of them as they sit there and you hear tapping off screen. You just hear something tapping, tap, 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 tap. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of it, you hear the door to the interrogation room open. The person in it looks up and the person standing there says, hi, I'm your lawyer, Matt Murdoch. Or he says, don't say another word. I'm Matt Murdoch, your lawyer. Yeah um it's, so first it's of all so good. Um, and at that moment i went oh well there's the post-credit scene for this one. Oh yes <laughs> I, I i'm gonna argue what you get actually is jerry hogarth oh because Ooh. jerry hogarth already works with the richies so she's gonna know the bishops that's true she would totally know the bishops yeah oh, i like that um, so mm. in my in my fantastical imaginings <laughs> <laughs> It's Kingpin. Kingpin is uncle. Um, and they've established that he's, and they've established he's a dude who, who struggles with connection, but very deep. Like the thing I loved about him in um, Daredevil was he very clearly wants family, his chosen family. Like he's a deeply lonely guy who has an unholy talent for villainy and yet is like, what I really want is just to be a wife guy. Um, And he loves being, and and I'm going to, in my head, I'm like, he loves being Maya's uncle because that's just the amount of um, nurture that he's willing to put into a kid. Yeah, so to speak. Like he likes being the uncle who can be fun and give opportunities and be hard ass when necessary. And 
also, it's a great way to recruit talent for the future. So, yeah. so there's that. Um, the conversation that Maya has with her dad at the beginning where they talk about dragons and he's like, they came from another world. Oh my gosh, we just had a movie in which we saw how dragons <laughs> came from another world. No. We also had way back in the Netflix days, an entire miniseries called The Defenders, where like one of the big reveals is that there are giant ass dragon corpses <laughs> in the ground in New York City. Yes. And um, so while I realize that fans and, and we're among them go nuts with stuff that may or may not be put there intentionally, like we've been losing our minds since WandaVision, <laughs> I would like I would like to hope that the dragon reference and the kingpin are leading us to like gradually incorporating the defenders into the MCU, like in mm. weird background ways until they can come up. And I hope we get Jerry Hogarth, to be honest with you. Um, I would like it if we had like Matt Murdock in a throwaway scene where he's watching Clint Barton leave New York and is like, okay, this is fine. Now I just have one idiot with a bow to follow around to make sure she doesn't do anything terrible. Um, <laughs> I like yeah. that now. I, mm. Yeah. I would like it even more if you see Matt Murdock like sort of doing it like invisible person surveillance and then jessica jones sits down next to him and goes one of these days you're going to have to stop being so suspicious like i just want jessica jones back bring, bring me jessica jones <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think we got kingpin and you can't really have kingpin without having charlie cox mm-hmm and um, I also really love how Vincent D'Onofrio, when he tweeted about this, was like, let's not forget Deborah Ann Wool. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> please. Yes. Give us a better journalist in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just going to think about that a bunch because that would be really awesome. I really, mostly I just sort of liked the idea of this being the way their way in. Yeah, and yeah. Um, And I appreciated that. And then the other thing I wondered was like, so what else does kingpin have his hand in and that was oh. kind of like where's that gonna lead was kind of what i wanted to to get to with it and so um i guess we'll see but that was the thing that i really wanted to um like this is one of the reasons there's been some discussion lately of um uh you know netflix drops shows all at once and other people do it weekly yeah. and why would you do one and why would you do the other and like getting the chance to sit the week between and think about mm -hmm. what these are going to be and think about like, yeah. what's this, you know, how does this happen and what's that going to impact and being able to think about that stuff. Um, those are the things that I thought that, that I really enjoy about getting to do this mm -hmm. and then getting, you know, as I always say on here, getting to nerd out with the two of you on like, this is what it could yeah. be. I really like that idea. And Lisa now, like, I just am going to not be able to stop thinking about uh, Jerry Hogarth rolling in and being like, oh. I got this God, she'd be, because like oh she'd be so great oh, and, you thought I loved her, and is so that much. the <gasps> is that the greatest is that the greatest matrix plug uh or what i do have one thing that i wanted to bring up with you guys because yeah. like I, I and part of it is i really like maya i worry that she's gonna go the way of carly morgenthaler oh uh, yeah yeah that's my concern as well yeah and i would just like it if we could have a complicated and engaging um person on the show who you're like, okay, she has a point the same way we got with um, Sylvie, the same way we got with Carly Morgenthaler and, and maybe not have them end up dead or disgraced or at odds with our protagonist by Both. the end of yeah. it. Like, would that be too much to ask? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I although I think it's different with Sylvie. Yeah. Uh, in Loki, I think that's an entirely different dynamic. Mm. Uh, and uh those two actors and the producers on that show know that they struck gold with that particular casting. Mm -mm. So they're going to play that for a lot longer, but the Carly Morgenthal thing was just, I just, you know, I just, I just slumped a bit when they took her out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I really, I liked her and she was interesting, you know, for all the stuff we talked about when we talked about it, but I really, I wanted more out of that. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping with this as well is that, yeah. that we get a little bit more out of somebody who's uh, interesting and complicated and yeah. uh, you know, like 
Now, and who has legitimate grievances? I mean, this is the thing: is Carly had legitimate grievances a about yeah. a world and a system. Sylvie had legitimate grievances about a world and a system. Yeah. And I would argue that Maya does too. Like her dad was. <laughs> And and what I appreciate is this is a dad in the MCU where it's not, oh, he's a villain, so therefore he's also a bad parent. Like, he's a great parent. Oh, yeah. He's a great parent who just had a really unfortunate job choice. Yeah. Um, and so I would say Maya's, Maya's grievances are entirely legitimate. And once again, we have an opportunity to be like, okay, she works outside the system because she's seen that there's no way for her, her to to get any sort of restorative justice within it. Um. Yeah. So I just, I just don't want to see her sacrificed on the altar of, oh, she'll have terrible things happen to her and people will be sad. And that's, that's everyone's growth development, you know? Yeah. Cause, <laughs> so, cause having bad stuff happen go. to you is not character development. That's just having bad stuff happen to you. And that's not yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's part of, so I hope that that's not the case because I also think she's really interesting and I want to get like more of her and what, yeah. like what, you know, and, and her furthering her agenda and that kind of thing. Like, I think it would be right. super neat. All right. So do we, um, why don't we wrap this up in the spirit of, uh, I, I feel like all of our, our, our frozen mixed drinks have gotten slushy at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to take the metaphor from the beginning of the episode and, and pound it straight into the ground. But we are, again, closing in on the end of the holidays. We've all got um, tired Clint Barton dad energy going on. <laughs> we do. Yeah. And we have two more episodes to go for our Act 3 finale. Um, I'm going to stock up on some Pennsylvania Dutch eggnog. That'll put me in a good mood. Hey. Um, <laughs> we'll see. If, yep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if that works for you guys, too. Why, why don't we wing it a little bit? The same way that, you know, Kate wings it. It's been working yeah. out for her. <laughs> there you go. And we'll actually uh, try to find some dry erase markers this time. Yeah. Uh, so do uh, did we mention the last episode, uh, the great swamp kitten action on the side? Can we tell everybody else about that? Oh, we did not. No, we did not mention it, you guys. Because it was right after. Thing. And it's just been yes. it was a right long after time. The yeah. episode, as I recall. Yeah. Um, swamp kitten Hillary. Hi, swamp kitten Hillary. Hello, swamp kitten Hillary. Because Who's swamp- now an incomparable member. And you too so, can so- hang out with swamp kitten Hillary. And you're about to find out why that would be amazing swamp kitten hillary made fan art of us as the loki's from episode number five of of loki yes and it rocks and we're all so it's it's like he intuited us all right there listen to lisa listen to lisa's reaction it's lisa lisa in the middle loki gator and lap uh just amazing uh Don has channeled his inner Richard E. Grant, which just was so amazing. And boastful Loki over here with the hammer and the vest. So just, it was awesome. It's and- got big Kelly energy, though. <laughs> it's It's got lots of Kelly energy. And the, uh, the wrinkly-faced uh, uh, old Loki is just perfect for me. I... <laughs> It was so funny because this came out, this came over uh, messages at the time, time, and I swear at the same time, I swear I could hear the two of you just scream like little girls, <laughs> like I was doing myself right then, mm-hmm. cordling. And so we immediately got on uh, Instagram. I never get on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just want you to know. I, I never got on for you. Followed yeah. it. Yeah, I got on for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and followed you and so that just totally made my day made my week everything I just I've and and thank you for sending us the large yes version thank you so much you've you've pressed my my gen alpha daughter is tremendously impressed that her her mother was uh immortalized in fan art on instagram (laughs) you've made me cool for a millisecond and i can't thank you enough for that it was so great it was just and, and then and like just the detail and all of it and uh, and we asked him and he basically was like, I, you know, I sat down and drew it more or less. Mm-hmm. Like I was, you know, I was watching Loki. Don't you hate and him? Went, Here Don't you go. And like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. And, you know, and he like his description was like, it was just this, you know, kind of casual thing. I'm like, holy cow. Like, it was it was just so amazing. And it was so like w- we've inspired that. And, you know, there's a lot of um, 
crazy people out there. Well, there's a lot of shouting into the (laughs) void is what I was going to say that we do. And so to not only find out definitively like, hey, someone is listening to you, which is why every single reply from Swamp Kittens is a joy forever and treasured by all of us is because it's really nice to know that like when we have these conversations that somebody else is actually interested in participating, but then also uh, like to inspire somebody else to create something like that that piece of it was just like I was just blown away it was such a delight to just have it like I'm like I have an Instagram notification that somebody tagged me in a photo well it's not me because there's also um apparently a skincare line that shares uh my same name and not everybody checks closely when they tag me in photos so I get a lot of like eyeliner and I'm like no (laughs) um so so I was getting ready to go tag another photo with I'm not skincare and but it was actually me this time and I just like didn't know how to process it was so amazing uh Hillary you you overloaded her brain and oh seriously that's actually good when that happens (laughs) so by the way while we're talking uh you know I have slack up here on uh my screen and we're talking about Swampkins and just then on Pound Tech Talk on uh Zeppelin First Class Swamp Kitten Nicholas, he actually re- changed it. He makes a comment mm-hmm. right as we're talking about Swamp Kittens. The number of people who've changed their handles on Zeppelin to uh, <sighs> proceed it with Swamp so Kittens is just, we are not worthy, folks. Ugh. We are not worthy. <laughs> and we, you have no idea how much we appreciate this. My biggest fear is just saying something stupid and unappreciative or you know whatever you have no idea how much we we just groove on this it's a lot of fun it makes i feel like you've inspired us actually to begin the incomparable zodiac and uh, (laughs) i'm going to declare 2022 is the year of the swamp kitten there you go so 2022 year of the swamp kitten there you go all it's all you guys man and uh (laughs) perpetually I th- I think grateful Jason could get behind that I think I think we get Jason to get behind that. well we, we just have to plumb into robot or not and see which robots make it or not make it to the zodiac and then there's always the debate over what constitutes a sandwich and yes. um I yes. obviously like 2025 is like the year of the zeppelin uh, well yeah I mean of course <laughs> there you go yeah well, yes the incomparable zodiac 2022 year of the swamp kitten I decree it let it be so all right <laughs> so um when you guys listen um and have your own recap react or really to this episode, please feel free to hit us up on Twitter uh, individually or uh, at what I, at um, I want my MCTU TV. Yes. Yes. And you can also hit us up on the member Slack. If you are members, we do pop in and address questions, queries, complaints, love letters, so on and so forth. So there we, we do are. indeed. Yeah. And you know what? Um, again, I want to get back to the Pennsylvania Dutch. Um, we all have Christmas wrapping to do and not in the fun waitress recording kind. And uh, <laughs> we will see you back here either next week or two weeks from now when we're trying desperately to um, put off the Christmas wrapping by talking about this fantastic TV show instead. Um, I want to thank Kelly Gamont. Thanks so much as always. I want to thank Don Melton. My pleasure. And with you as always, my army of swamp kittens, I am Lisa Schmeiser. Have a good one. Bye.